Hi Taylor, I am on the last leg of my bike ride and I am um, of course continuing on my recording. Um, I had mentioned on my previous recording that I would uh, I would have an idea about what I'm going to talk about but um, unfortunately I do not. No, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> Um, and so I'm going to see what comes to mind. Um, and what comes to mind as I ride through Kangaroo Point is, um, rock climbing, I think, is the main thing. Um, and maybe that's something I'll talk about briefly, actually. And I'm going to make this one quick because I am, um, I am wanted for breakfast. Sorry. People getting in the way. How dare they? Nah, it's fine. I'm not one of those cyclists, by the way, that feels like I have to own the road or my path. People will do what they do, and that's fine. I am not here to try and compete for a time on Strava. Um, I'm just chill, you know? People make mistakes. People run in front of people without knowing. I fucking am absent-minded as fuck all the time. Like I've said, I'm constantly forgetting shit. Um, but yeah, that's okay. I think um, I would want to be um, a good example of just, you know, a welcoming community citizen, you know? I think some bike riders or cyclists, and to be honest, sometimes rightfully so, um, get a bit of a bad rap for, um, uh, just feeling like they own the road or feeling like they um I don't know not respecting the um the paths and things or just being a nuisance on roads and stuff getting into fights with cars and uh, honestly drivers are just as bad um I don't know no one owns the space and I think that um we should just share it and recognize that we are all in this together so that is what I'm doing. Um, I can't remember why I even talked about that. Um, someone stepped in front of me and then I'm going through Kangaroo Point. Um, and yeah, I was gonna talk about rock climbing, which um, then would lead me to the natural point of um, one of my favorite subjects in school, um, which was outdoor education. So, in order to get um, a kind of a grading, sorry, I'm overtaking people now. And I'm back. Um, it's funny because I literally had recorded the exact reason that that recording fucked up, which is I sped up quite fast while I was riding um, to overtake some people. And um, I think while I was doing that, I must have pulled on the earphones and they must have slightly unplugged. And thus, a whole range of things that I was talking about of great importance have been lost. But I am gonna try and talk about what some of those things are now. Um, and like I had mentioned briefly, um, I don't think it should be too hard because I was talking about some pretty specific subject matter for the last part of that recording, um, which was um, outdoor education. 
one of the subjects that I had done while I was in school. Um, and if I listened correctly to the end of that recording, I had talked about how, um, oh, I was mentioning about how things were graded at school um, because that was pertinent to um, my ability to do that subject. Uh, what I mean by that is basically, um, in order to get some kind of a grading um, to allow me to go to university um, here in Queensland at the time, um, we were given something called an OP, which stands for overall position. That's actually changed since I've been at school and I don't know what it is now. Um, but at the time I had to do a certain amount of subjects that would contribute um, to my overall position. Um, and um, of the six subjects, five of them had to contribute and then I had the option of um, doing another that didn't. Um, and one of those that didn't, or the one for me that didn't, was outdoor education. Um, however, it ended up being my favourite subject by far. Um, and I think perhaps the subject that I learnt the most from. Um, because, you know, I grew up as a city kid and the, um, the kind of adventures that I'd go on with my family were never really particularly outdoors, not like that, anyway. Um, my exposure to things like camping were um, pretty much non-existent. Um, and um, not only did this subject teach me and expose me to a lot of those things, but it, um, it really allowed me to grow a love for that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it was awesome to have had the ability to choose that subject. Um, I still get a, something that we can do to my own position. And, um, yeah. So, um, what was I going to mention about that? Um, okay, outdoor education. Um, some of the main things that I would do as part of that subject, um, as I've probably mentioned, was a lot of hiking. Um, we'd do orienteering. Um, I can't remember if I'd mentioned orienteering or if you even knew what it was. I actually had, as I've said before, competed in orienteering at a state level. Um, It is basically, you have a map and a compass and you're running around some kind of a course um, plotted in usually a forest or something and trying to get all the markers and then get back to the end before anyone else. Um, and obviously, I mean, that was it competitively, but you'd use that as well when planning out the expeditions and stuff. Um, alongside that, did a lot of rock climbing. Um, and if I recall from my previous, from what I was recording, I was even reminded about rock climbing simply because I must have been riding through Kangaroo Point at the time, which has a lot of big cliff faces for rock climbing. Um, and kayaking, which I loved. I'm not much of a water, uh, a water animal, I guess, um, despite my love of Squirtle. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, I suck at swimming. 
and yeah, actually, swimming was another one of the um, activities that we do in outdoor education. And um, yeah, unfortunately, having done it there didn't um, improve my abilities too much. It did a little bit, but um, it's by far <laughs> my weakest area of physical activity. Um, but hey, maybe that's an area where you could teach me a thing or two, you know? Help me out. Give me some um, <laughs> hands-on training. Maybe even some mouth-to-mouth. I think it's very important. If anything were to happen, what a tragedy that would be. Um, we may have to try that out for a few hours at least, right? It's the only way. We've got to be safe. <laughs> um, yeah, where was I? Gee, um, my mind just went some places, I'm sorry. <laughs> some really good places. Um, but yeah, um, rock climbing was an amazing thing. Um, I remember being a little bit afraid of heights when I first started it, but I um, quickly got over it. Um, because, I don't know, I guess you learn to... When you, when you put up a, the rock climbing course or you, you set up um, and you see how it all works, um, I think um, it definitely gives me some comfort and um, then also learning about my own rock climbing ability. I say this as if I'm really good, I'm not. <laughs> I guess if any, if I can reflect on some of the things that I learned from rock climbing is that um, you know, I'm not the tallest guy, but height rarely mattered as much as certain other things. And two of the things that stand in, um, stand in my mind um, is, I guess, different kinds of grips that I'd get used to and getting used to things like um, my abilities with my finger muscles um, and learning how to use force, not just to grab on very obvious holds but sometimes you'd have to get really creative um, with how to create a kind of attention um, sometimes even by pushing outwards or certain things um, to allow you to push yourself upwards in a really weird way the ways that you'd lean um, I think the thing that was my forte, and this has always been my forte in physical activity in general, um, is my flexibility. Um, even when I was in Taekwondo, I was generally the most flexible person um, with kicks and all these other things and that allowed me to reach up to pretty high holds um, than I would have been able to otherwise or than a lot of other people typically would. Um, as you can imagine, I, I I suppose it, um, it is also conducive to other kinds of um, activities that would lead on after our mouth-to-mouth <laughs> -mouth training. <laughs> um, but um, that is something for us to explore at some point as well. Uh, yeah, rock climbing, really fun. <laughs> um, that's definitely a sport that I'm keen to get back into. And like I said, I've got a rock climbing center just a minute's walk from my place, so I really should get on that. 
Um, it's unique in that actually it is more uh, a bouldering center than it is a rock climbing center. You actually don't have any ropes at all. Um, the climbs go up about, I can't remember how many meters. Um, I'll have to look it up. It, it's high enough that you, you get a little bit of fear, um, but low enough that if you fall, you generally, unless you, you fall like an idiot, um, don't hurt yourself and you generally fall back onto um, a padded mat of some sort. Um, but ah, there is something amazing about being able to climb without a rope because um, sometimes you can use the tension of the rope to help you slightly, um, which in my view is probably slightly cheating. Um, and also, um, ah, the sensation of not having that safety net um, really makes you commit to the climbs in a way that's difficult to describe otherwise. Like it's just, um, yeah, you consider your risks and the things that you can do slightly differently when you don't have the, <laughs> the safety net of just trying for a crazy grab and then just falling back and swinging. Um, so it is awesome that we have that gap. Um, yeah. Um, I'd mentioned kayaking, which I love. My favorite kind of kayaking is the more long distance. I've done whitewater kayaking before, and it is good, but it is generally like a ride at a uh, theme park, relatively short-lived, um, and sometimes a little dangerous. Um, and yeah, you know, the thrill is fine, but I'd much rather, you know, get myself a nice thin long kayak and just do a long distance. Um, that is one of the things, actually, when I think about some places in the countrysides of America, I have no doubt, and lakes and things, that there must be some amazing places to kayak, and that sounds fucking awesome. Um, do that with me, okay? We'll kayak together. Um, and speaking of kayaking, I'm reminded of some of the camps that we went on. And this is probably the most memorable things I've had from outdoor education is some of the five to seven day long expeditions that we would plan out on ourselves as part of that subject. And we would plot around where we're gonna go and we wouldn't be able to use any kind of GPS or phone. So we'd use our compass and maps and things. And um, we'd go on some big long trek and camp out. And it led to some really good and memorable experiences. Um, when you do this with people um, in that kind of a setting, you get to know them really well. Um, there's a lot of friends that I made through those things that I've kept in great contact, including um, my good friend Chris that I've mentioned previously. He was part of those subjects as well. Um, yeah, there's just a sense of um, self-sufficiency around making sure that you make good use of all the supplies that you've got. Um, you can only carry um, the most important things with you and because like everything you have must be able to be carried in your backpacks. Um, and um, yeah, it was just an amazing, incredible time. Um, there was some times when because of either some miscalculations and things we had um, gotten lost. I remember one particular expedition we 
didn't get to our campsite until like 10 p.m. There were some people that were actually um, very, very upset and distraught at um, the a feeling of being lost. And I've been there. I've been lost once during um, orienteering, um, and it was very upsetting. Um, but yeah, on this occasion, it was more just like, yeah, sometimes, I don't know, um, that was just one of those things where, um, unless we're dead, we've all got our tents, and um, I was happy to continue on going. It helped a lot of people out during that hard time because, um, yeah, it, it was actually quite distressing to a lot of people. And the instructors did such an awesome job, I should say. Well, even them, they had to intervene a little bit in that particular expedition because of how late it was getting. Um, but they did a really good job of really being hands off and letting us do our own thing. Um, and seeing wherever our own planning took us, <laughs> including whatever consequences that entailed. I'm reminded of another particular um, expedition where it was mostly um, taking place through a long river um, up north, um, a little bit more north from Brisbane. Um, and it was done through kayaks. And um, on one of the particular days, we camped alongside something of a kind of a canyon. And um, there was a bank on one of the turns and we set up camp there. And then that night, I feel like I may have told you this story before, but that night a massive storm ripped through. Big enough that even despite us being inside our tents, it completely destroyed them. Um, and the river was rising next to us. So um, a lot of us had to just grab whatever supplies we could and hide them under rocks um, as high up as we could on the side of the cliff and then huddled up all night under a security blanket, cuddling pretty much, trying to keep warm because <laughs> whatever cover we had was completely lost. Um, and it was crazy, but it was memorable. And then um, it made for a really simple, uh, I wouldn't say simple, um, but it made for a pretty smooth kayak the day after because a lot of the rapids um, had been filled, so it wasn't quite as dangerous as we were anticipating. Um, but then again, on the way back, um, <laughs> um, another storm was brewing and it made the lake on the way back to um, the place where we were getting picked up extremely arduous. We were all just completely wrecked. It was a very hard kayak, um, but it was an amazing time. Um, actually, <laughs> another thing that stands out from that particular expedition was um, um, there was one particular stretch that we were going through um, while the sun was setting and because of the headlamps that we had to turn on, I think it attracted the attention of a lot of the fish in the river such that <laughs> we had like hundreds, literally of fish jumping out of the water at us, hitting us, and a lot of them landing in the kayaks, flopping about. It was hilarious. A lot of us were just laughing endlessly at this ridiculous scenario that we had put ourselves in. Um, and it was really funny. <laughs> I remember some of the girls freaking out a little bit at these flopping fish that had just landed in their kayaks um, and canoes. It was very, very funny. Um, and yeah, I guess that was another thing, um, given 
that you'd get pretty close to people while you'd go on these expeditions. There was some, yeah, definitely some interactions with people that you'd have. Um, very kind of, I don't know how to put it, yeah. You would hook up with people. That, that's a thing that would happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, oof. I remember there was one particular camp we went to at a site called Girraween, which is kind of closer to New South Wales. Um, and this national park was known for its granite rocks. Um, and a lot of that granite um, would, um, would form the sides of these mountains and um, things that um, we'd be traversing about. And they were pretty grippy. Um, but also I remember some particular climbs with that, oh, I, I still, I still kind of think about it and get a cold sweat. It's just kind of ridiculous some of the risky things that we'd put ourselves into. Um, I'm reminded of like, you'd climb these surfaces really high up and you do it quite well and then you go back down the same way and you're just like, fuck, why did I do this? Sometimes going back down is actually almost scarier than going back up. You don't have quite the same grip and you're kind of trying to lean back on your bum and stuff, just slowly inching downwards and not slipping such that you just careen off the side. Oh, there was a particular moment I remember where we had to like jump from one, uh, there was something of a kind of a, um, a massive gap in one of the mountains we were climbing and there was like just one freestanding rock in between this massive gap that we had to jump onto and then jump onto the other side of the mountain and even as, like it was incredibly high up, if you missed you were fucked um, and as easy as the jump should have been, you are also kind of playing this mental game of knowing that, okay, I can do this jump, but I also look down and it is incredibly high and I would die if I fell. And just that, 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 uh, that mental image, <laughs> it was a big struggle. It would influence your ability to do this thing confidently. Um, so yeah there were some really high places that we went up onto and um it was very scary but it was awesome um again like i said i was particularly flexible and agile um, of the group most of the time and um every now and then i'd be the one to be climbing the trees to um either traverse up climbs in a different way or back down um and um yeah, it was a really good time. A memorable subject. I loved it a lot. I never really got good at the swimming part of things though. <laughs> but everything else was really amazing and it's a subject that I, um, that I love. Or loved while I was doing it. And it reminds me, I really would want to do some more camping of that type. I haven't done too much like that, honestly, in the longest time. Um, but I'm still good friends with a lot of people that have, and I think we're all keen to do that again. We just need to get on it. Um, so, yeah. 
I can't remember what else I must have talked about during this recording. Um, but at the very least, um, I hope you enjoyed a little bit of insight into one of the subjects in high school that I enjoyed greatly. Um, and like I said, that one didn't contribute to my OP, but the other ones did. And, um, the, you know, with those together, I was able to go to university quite easily and to do well. Um, at university, I was reminded, I think I may have mentioned in the previous bit, the cutoff, that we are graded by GPA just like you guys are. Um, however, I think the scaling is slightly different. Um, if I recall correctly, in the US, I believe it is um, the highest possible GPA that you can get is four, where ours is seven. Um, so, um, doing the conversions or whatever that meant was slightly different. Um, a passing grade in universities here was typically, um, you needed a four or higher, I think. Um, obviously, you'd aim for better because employment. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. That was just a difference I think I had remembered pointing out. Um, anyway, so, um, again, I'm sorry for the strange, um, <laughs> cuts that have had to have happened to these, um, recordings. Um, but as well, I am happy that I was able to, um, able to fix them up that you are interested in you're still listening um, to all these crazy ramblings. For me, it is just always so good to feel like you're on the other side of this recording, listening, perhaps repeatedly. Um, and that, yeah, that means everything to me because I can't tell you how much I love you and I want to be there for you as much as possible. And yeah, it just means a lot that I can create something that you'd be interested enough to listen to again and that I can do something for the want of giving you company and that perhaps it does and that is awesome. So my dear, that was the end of this particular bike ride. Um, mixed in with a little bit of me just approaching my workplace. Thank you again so much for joining me. Um, I love taking you on these bike rides and I'm hoping to take you again in a future ride that I suspect, um, with my increasing fitness, um, may even grow in length. But we shall see. We shall see. Until then, please know, as always, I am thinking of you. I love you dearly, I miss you immensely, and I can't wait to talk to you again and hear that beautiful voice, and if on video, see that incredibly beautiful face again. I love you, Taylor. Take care. Bye.